there's always been this grift between those who believe that he is who he says he is and those who won't. And the same spirits are battling as they have for Mm -hmm. thousands of years. And the reality is, if you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. But understand, the reason we're preaching it is because it's good news. I'm just shocked that people don't want to believe that Christ came, died for them, and give them life into eternity. It's always amazing to me. It's like there's this compulsion to die or to to, to operate in... I don't understand it. You guys are jumping into this. This is a continuation of last week's uh, uh, podcast where we talked about, was Jesus the Son of God? Now, I was going through questions, um, and we didn't even get past uh, the first one, because that's a loaded, <laughs> loaded thing. We talked about the prophecy in Daniel and Jesus admitting to be the Son of Man and the mindset to those that don't know uh, biblical like history or what that means or or what Jesus was quoting, it looks as if he's just saying, oh, I'm a human. But then the reaction by Caiaphas, the high priest, when Jesus was on trial, he tore his robes and said, do we need any other witnesses? This man has testified against himself. He has committed blasphemy. Uh, So if you want to go back and watch that, if you're wondering why, how do we know that Jesus really claimed to be the son of God? How do we know that? It's very clear, and we, we really go into that. Uh, in last week's podcast, but uh, to continue, there was a couple things where we left off. I remember thinking because uh, we had to cut it because we could have just kept going and going. And I'm like, right. oh, I had there were some couple things that I wanted to discuss, and we didn't have time to to talk about it. So uh, I kind of want to bring some of those things uh, up in this podcast. Uh, we talked about you know prisoner thinking. Yes. Uh, is what we started to get into. And you had mentioned something and how we handle the unbeliever that we attack. We oftentimes talk about this all the times in this podcast because it's to convince the unbeliever that Jesus is the Son of God, but it's also how to how do Christians uh, you know, operate as Christ here on this earth. And you had said something that provoked a thought in me. It's like, why do why do we attack prisoners? And I, I thought about you know, we battle against, not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. You attacking unbelievers is like soldiers who came across the concentration camps and the Holocaust and started yeah, shooting at those in, in yeah. the striped pajamas. Yeah. It's like the equivalent. It's like, wait, have you, like, do you understand what, one, these people have been oppressed and brought through, been in bondage, and the people that have been, it's not a, a, exactly the way it is, but the if you would see the powers and principalities at play that are puppeteering these people and they have been deceived, uh, I think you would approach uh, people and look at people in a totally different way, not to mention how people are the object uh, of God's love. So what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I that? mean, the, the, it's a great illustration. I don't think it's a far stretch. I mean, the Holocaust was... Uh, a horrific thing. And it's horrific what is happening to people in the world around us as we get further away from this God-centered culture, which, mm-hmm. which you know, um, you know, many would say the United States isn't a Christian nation anymore because of how many people have kind of just pulled away from that. More and more people are getting oppressed. And it's funny how no one makes the correlation that the further we get away from God, uh, a God-central 
focus, the worse things get in people's lives. And um, as Christians, when you look at people who are doing un-Christian things, and I mean that in the form of uh, not a religion, but in the form of following Christ, like they're resisting Christ, and 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 their way of thinking is opposite of that of the kingdom of God. They're prisoners of the kingdom of the world. Yeah. We were all prisoners. Yeah. We were all born in the prison of the kingdom of the world, and we were bound to the thoughts and the way of thinking of this world. Mm-hmm. When we got redeemed out of this world and brought into a, the kingdom of God, uh, the, the enemy really wants us to attack people who aren't free from the prisoner, from the prison, instead of seeing them as the object of God's love. Like, those people are the objective. Mm-hmm. And many Christians uh, get frustrated with those people because they're fighting for what they think is true, and it's not true because they're prisoners to this idea of what they think is true, or there is no truth, or any, you know, just a way of thinking— and if we attack them, we burn the influence we have with them to actually lead them to Christ. Remember, God needs to give us wisdom and how to reach the prisoner so we can show them what they're bound to. And then once they get free, then they'll then they'll think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has happened, and, and I see this happen all the time, is we're not so much interested in them getting free from prison as we are getting them to think the way we think. Yeah. We don't want to be confronted in the way we're thinking. We don't want to be persecuted in the way we're thinking. We want a culture on this earth that looks like what I believe. Mm-hmm. So so I I don't want to live in a place where everybody disagrees with me. I want everybody to agree with me as a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I'm not so worried about you going to hell as I am I don't want you to I don't want you to confront me. I don't want you to persecute me. I want you to agree with me and and I want to live in this world that is good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very self-centered way of thinking, and I don't really care who I hurt. I'm going to crush whoever I get to crush to get the culture to have my moral values, rather than recognizing that it's not you, you're destroying the object of what Christ called us to. You know, He's like, called us to people. There's a so often there, and I, I realize this because this is sometimes how I operate. I want patience given to me, but once I figure something out. I'm like, come on, let's go, make it snappy, right, let's right. go, let's just do it, like, get over it. Or if there right. was something, let's say, for, like, example, I, re- I remember, like, times where, like, when I was a kid or when I would be scared of first going up up the up the stairs of this water slide and I was terrified and it took me a while to get there. And then once I did it and realized it wasn't that bad, I'd be, like, making everybody else, like, oh, stop being such, like, like a wuss. Like, come on, just get up there. Like, just suck it up, buttercup. And and that's not the way that I would have wanted handled right. to me. I'd be like, shut up. Like, I'm trying to, like, get up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I think that's the same way how we operate as Christians. It's like once we get there, we've experienced the love of God. We've been drawn into the kingdom by the kindness of God. And then once we're in there, we just see everybody else like, What's their problem? How come they can't just just get it? Just understand, right. failing to realize <laughs> that don't you remember where you formerly were? And it came by the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah. revelation comes when you're in a lie. You believe it's true. Exactly. So when you really believe something's true, what would it take to, for you to not believe it's true? Exactly. And um, it, the 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 reality is is when someone's a prisoner you can tell them all day long uh, somebody came up to me one time and they they were a small group leader and they yeah. said um 
how do you deal with people when you give them advice and they never take your advice? It's just so frustrating. And I'm like done with them. If they're not going to take my advice, and I see, so they said, how do you deal with people who just don't take your advice? And I said, I don't know. Tell You tell me. Because I've given that person advice all the time. And I'm like, I gave you advice, but you never listened to me. It's there, There's a connection that has to happen. We can preach, but it has to be with the Holy Spirit so that there's a revelation in their thinking and they see the truth. Beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, mm-hmm. not condemnation. Exactly. Jesus didn't come to bring condemnation. He says, mm-hmm. therefore, I didn't come to bring condemnation in the world, but that the world through me might be mm-hmm. saved. Um, uh, there's a lot of condemnation being preached and declared over the captives, and that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. We need to stop telling them who they are and start telling them who God created them to be. You know, they're captives, they're bound, but that's not what God created them to be. God created them. So rather than tearing them down and attacking and condemning, we should be prophesying over them. We should be speaking life into them and showing them who God created them to be and really um, and, and rescuing them so rather than being so distracted with their, their belief systems or their activities or their, you know. Jesus, uh, when he came to earth, people say, well, if Jesus really was the son of God, Alex, how come he didn't write a book about it? How come he didn't write about his life? How come he didn't come out and say, hey, I'm the son of God, follow me. Do like, you know, he was, we know he did that because we walk in the spirit and we understand the prophecies he fulfilled. And we understand what was really going on. But for the unbeliever and those that lack faith, they they fail to recognize uh why Jesus didn't just upright say it. And what was interesting, I, I saw, uh, finally, I'm like, I've always thought, I haven't made a video on that, but it's a common question I always get. How come we don't have the gospel of Jesus? Like, how come Jesus didn't write his own book? And it's it's failure to recognize the purpose of why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to die. Like, yeah. that's what he did. And the only time he revealed his nature was to be put up on that cross, that these people, when he said, I am the son of man that is going to be coming on the clouds at the right hand of power, was to really witness and testify against himself to these people that already were looking for a reason to put him up on a cross. Like his purpose was not to judge. This is what people mix up. Jesus says, I have not come to the world to judge the world but to save the world, that the Son of Man must be lifted up. And when he's lifted up, he destroys the works of the devil, and he draws men to himself. People forget his purpose. And if Jesus humbled himself to become a servant to the point of death, what are you called to be? That's why Jesus says you're going to be known by the love you extend. And First yeah. John, you talked about that last week. And, and Philippians talks about Jesus lowering himself less than yeah. who he was to serve man. So this whole idea of Jesus writing, the, he, he wrote the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he wrote a gospel, there wouldn't be, there's a song that says if, if God's love was written out, with, there wouldn't be enough ink in the oceans exactly. to be able to write the word is Christ. In the beginning was the word. He yeah. is the word. So if he wrote a book and or or an epistle or if he wrote anything, where where would it start and where would it end? Jesus was the word. Yeah. And 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 quite I what I would say is 
is even if Jesus had wrote a book, the people would say, why didn't he write a book if he was real? Wouldn't believe anyway. Exactly. So it's a, it's a pointless yeah. argument. If you're it someone is. who says, well, why didn't Jesus write a book? It wouldn't matter if he did or not. Then you would say, well, why wasn't there witnesses that wrote a book? Exactly. There, there's You don't want They would say, to oh, it was written by a man, or it was, it, this is a game of telephone, and it's been mistranslated, and Jesus yeah. didn't really mean that. Which like, is funny, be... because there are four different witnesses that all give accounts of the story of Jesus, and they all agree, yeah. giving different color, different perspectives, their personalities were different, so they even wrote it in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, uh, either you, if, if the argument is that, mm-hmm. that j- that's just one, uh, is I'm sitting here as someone who would, who, who would even in a, that's not even a plausible argument. Yeah. I mean, that's not even a plausible thing. That, that's someone reaching to try to to try to say that Jesus didn't say he was the son of God. Did I tell you about the 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 debate I had with someone when I was doing this type of evidence mm-hmm. where I where I was did I tell you about this where I was on I was on a live and I was someone asked me for the evidence of Jesus. So I brought them the manuscript evidence how we know we can we can put faith in the evidence for Jesus not only existing but the belief that he was the son of God by the witnesses, and that's documented in the manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Google is free. You can look it up. We literally have we have those that you can see that this is not a game of telephone. Go down the list. I said many different translations in the early church, and and it, it, it spread. It wasn't just one sect of a group of people, but it like just moved through cultures and nations, and right. they all attest to the same thing. And, uh, and so I had people like, well, I give them the evidence, and every single time they they come up with some excuse. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting into this because you're looking for something to support your skepticism. And then I was like, oh, here's here's a question. Now let me put the burden of proof on you. I'm going to make it easier for you, okay? It is, I feel like it's it's much harder knowing if, without, if you don't know the evidence for Jesus and you're just coming into this, it, it would seem as if it would be harder to prove Jesus existed rather than George Washington. And so I presented him an easy task. I was like, okay, prove to me George Washington existed. I want proof. I want you to prove to me that he was our first president, that he fought in the the Revolutionary War. I want to know. As a skeptic, I'm not really sure. I think it might have been uh, a folk tale, and I think it's American propaganda to, to get us to submit to the government and just like something to just develop national pride. So I don't really put faith in George Washington. So prove to me 10 minutes. I'm watching. I'm just sitting there. No one gave anything. And that's easy. We learn about it in school. We mm. read about it in books. Like that's a no brainer. And he only lived over 200 years ago rather than 2000 time after time. You know what people did? They attacked my claims. They didn't support an easier one. They had no. And then one guy, he chimes in and you'll get a kick out of this. He chimes in and goes, well, we can believe in George Washington because many nations wrote about him in many different languages. And so I can trust that that George Washington existed. Really? The cognitive dissonance. Like, did you just hear what you said? <laughs> That's exact and this is the thing. We people are not intellectually honest. So to believe that Jesus existed, I need this amount of evidence. Like well, unrealistic to any other historical figure that I believe in, this much more than 
the, they don't the, recognize the, it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that logically it makes sense, but we don't want to believe it. When you don't want, you'll believe what you want to believe. Exactly. And, um, you know, if this wasn't real, there's why would I throw my life into something if it wasn't real? You better believe that not only did I study it, but... I experienced it. Like it's not just an argument of text. It's not just an argument of knowledge. There is an experience that is is tied to it that cannot be described in knowledge. It's yeah. the gospel. That's what's so hard for people. I think is, uh, it's it's a it, you you got to have a decoder ring almost. You know, here is the knowledge, but here is the experience. That's like the that just causes it to go. Whoa! Now I see what mm-hmm. it meant when. And even believers in the church, they can read the Word of God and not fully understand it until they're going through an experience. Um, There's a book called Heavenly Man, and um, I read it a number, well, actually, I listened to it on CD. It's about 10 CDs long, big book. And uh, Brother Yoon was the person it was about in China. He was a Christian in China, and he was persecuted terribly. And um, somebody came up to him and said, Man, we're so blessed to be in a nation that doesn't persecute Christians, and you know we God's really blessed us. And and Brother Yoon very uh, respectfully said, "Well, um, I feel sorry for you because you will never understand the scriptures the way I understand the scriptures, and you can only understand it through the suffering that I've had to walk through." Many times in the book, he would make the statement, "Then I knew what Paul meant when he wrote." I think we think we understand what he wrote, even as Christians. Until you experience what that scripture means in practical life, you never really know what it means. Mm-hmm. How much more for the unbeliever who mm-hmm. studies scriptures to see what they believe but has no experience. They yeah. open the door to no experience. We have to respect the fact that they're just going to be people who are going to attack what we believe because yeah. they have no decoder ring. They have no experience. Yeah to understand how it's practical in their life. But yeah. when you're at a point like the the testimonial that we watched on on uh, the Bethel's Rock site of the woman who was in uh, witchcraft and all of that stuff, and she called out to God, mm-hmm. and God met her and picked yeah. her up off the floor, and she was at her worst point in psych war, all of that stuff— Knowledge doesn't do that for you. You don't get therapied into freedom. You don't get no. knowledge doesn't just change your thinking. It it has to be tied to experience. Mm-hmm. But we reason with people what I tell and Nabil Koresh, I've used this in a podcast before. Nabil Koresh says apologetics, it doesn't it's not that that is the thing that people put their trust in and put right. their faith in. That's not the goal. But apologetics is that it, it it takes a wrecking ball to the walls that they have put up that block them from seeing Jesus from who he really is. And that's the goal. Like there is lies that culture believes and people say and they regurgitate, but do not recognize, do not recognize what they're saying. Just like that guy that that said, well, I believe in George Washington because of this. I'm t- I'm saying come from come from a consistent worldview. Uh, a lot of times people that are unbelievers think they hold the objective worldview that their perspective is accurate because they don't put their faith in anything. Right. And you go to and you go to these colleges and there's professors that get up there and they're not uh they're not being genuine. 
intellectually genuine with students. They they try to fight both, but they have a a, a belief. They yeah. can't argue both. But so so they they spew out lies to these students, and the, some of the students want to believe it. Mm-hmm. They have no connection to the other, so they want to believe it. Mm-hmm. And there's no attack. And if there's a threat on their grades or a threat on their how well they're going to do in the class, then then they don't push back on the professor, and these lies prevail. I think uh, if anything. If you're going to talk about the Bible, you should and and you're someone who thinks you understand what it says, you should bring in somebody with that actual point of view and have debates in the college classroom and not use the grading system mm-hmm. their future as a threat, not <clears throat> hold hostage the future of a student because they don't agree with the position of the professor because he doesn't take that in and so of is is not freedom of thought in our class, because there is no freedom of thought anymore. You believe what I say, or I hold your future as a hostage, and you'll get a bad grade, and then that'll impact. So what are they going to do? They're going to just accept what you're saying. And and uh, I think when there is a, if you can watch all over YouTube, these debates uh, between uh, belief in God and the atheists, and and it's it's just embarrassing for the atheists, because they they really can't explain and and their goal is well you just got to believe there's something out there well you just told us that we believe god's out there that that's craziness and foolishness but you're then at the at your inception you're saying the same thing mm-hmm. that you have to have a faith mm-hmm. the atheist has to exercise faith at some point in their belief and you're telling us we can't have faith in the ultimate creators. Ours makes sense. Yeah. We can experience him still today. But mm-hmm. what you're saying is you got to have faith that this energy comes from somewhere. It just, there's no... So to believe in scripture, moving on to the next question. So this is another thing that we get and it goes into belief in, in Jesus as the son of God. Why can we believe in that? People say that the Bible, as a fact, how do we... How do we bring this up to show the 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 misconception about this. The Bible has been changed over and over and over again. It's been a game of telephone and it's been corrupted. Muslims will give you that, that it's not pure. Uh and in other and other people um that I see like in culture, they will say that that it's been it's been corrupted and it's not actually what it means because it's been written by men in ancient of days and so it's not it's not really accurate uh, to what the Bible actually meant and if you would read the Hebrew and Greek you would understand that it's completely different than what the Bible says today. How do we know and can put trust in the Word of God? We have oh hey Siri that was weird. The government's listening to me right now. I'm going to cancel this podcast. But how can we put faith and trust in um, the scripture that this is this doesn't contradict what was written by the early authors? Well, this is a translation. I mean, you have tons of translations of the text. So does it exactly communicate what the scripture says? No. It's a translation. Mm-hmm. Um to me, you know, even listening to that, I think it's somewhat of a almost ignorant argument hmm. uh, because the original text was written in Greek, Aramaic, mm-hmm. in the New Testament, and yeah. Hebrew, and we have that. Yeah. To argue that the translations aren't, it's a translation. It's 
People don't read Greek and Hebrew. If you want to know exactly what it says, learn Greek and Hebrew. That's actually, Reggie White had went to Israel because he wanted to not have, he wanted to understand what the Hebrew meant Mm -hmm. in the scripture. So he went to learn that and people attacked him in the church because he said he's no longer Christian, he's going to become a Hebrew. No, he was wanting to, to not have to use a translation. I, I it, that to me it's an ignorant argument. Yeah, there's some trade-offs you have with the translation. I'm going to read a translation like just today we're 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 doing a devotional on Philippians, and it's translated in Philippians chapter one. There's a word, Greek word, that's translated and t- deliverance in one in chapter three. And in chapter two, it's it's translated salvation. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Same Greek word as Paul used as deliverance in chapter one, mm-hmm. but the translators translated it salvation in two and deliverance in one. Same word. Yeah. Not really sure why. I think sure. I'm not going to argue with the translation. It's not exactly. Yeah. There is some going, but the Greek and Hebrew. We know that it was written by scribes that it was literally weren't written word from word by scribes who took an an incredible uh, uh, time and energy to make sure it was right. And also when Dead Sea Scrolls, um, and we were there. Yeah. Um, there, it's a, it's a, the de- right by the Dead Skis. There are these caves, and um, and there was a community there of scribes that would take the ancient scrolls and they would write from one to another to another to another, and that's what they did. And they just went through the scripture and they would write it out one after just right after as they would write again what was there. It's a process where they would just sit down and they became very good at doing this. Telephone is a person, then another person, then another person, then another person, then another person. These scribes are sitting down and writing on papyrus the same thing, and they became very good at it. It wasn't 50 people. It was one person transferring from one to the next, to the next, to the next. This was their role. This was what they were asked to do. And this was the time period. When we were there, they were talking about that, how these these scribes, they took it to the cave after the destruction of the temple to preserve like yeah, the this, this scroll, these scrolls were put in, and they were in a community after the temple was destroyed. They were in a community of scribes that would take scriptures and do this. But this wasn't just in that time period. Yeah. Those, those scrolls, what they noticed was the scrolls that were written there and the ones that were written later were very much alike hmm. with almost no discrepancy. And what they discovered was... Oh, these guys knew what they were doing. This isn't a game of telephone. This and and the Dead Sea Scrolls actually showed them things that had been changed and understanding mm-hmm. over years actually meant this. So they were able to make the corrections back to mm-hmm. where the Dead Sea Scrolls were and to make scroll differences in Isaiah and 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 in the Old Testament scrolls. Yeah. In the New Testament scrolls, this is an era now in the New Testament when Jesus comes. This is the part that's interesting to me. I, you you can ask the question, why didn't Jesus come earlier? Yeah. Well, if he had come earlier, there had been more of an argument of his existence. Like there are people right now that argue King David didn't exist, hmm. that he never was there, that all of the things written in the Old Testament didn't exist. They argue the validity of the scriptures at that time. But 
they have discovered now stones with King David's name inscribed on them saying, yes, he did exist. So they're looking for, yeah, they're looking for archaeological things that that are have his name written to yeah. prove he existed because everyone now is like, we can't trust history and we can't trust ancient history. They can't even trust that there's people like genuinely people. One, there, there was this guy who was interviewing people just on the side of the street. People didn't even believe that the Holocaust, they didn't know what yeah. the Holocaust was or Pearl Harbor. And there's people that are actually now living in denial that it that it never took place, and that and we that never was, never stepped on a moon. Yeah, we've never. Crazy. I mean, there's yeah, and there's and it's how gullible a lot of Americans are to yeah. believe whatever they're told, and then they create some argument. See, this is what happens, and and it goes to the point we're talking about, and this happens in the church among Christians too. When when there is a group of people that want to sway public opinion. And they're very good at presenting facts that are not facts. They're good, very good at giving titles to people, and this person said, and he is the director of blah, 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 mm-hmm. and it sounds real official, and we just believe it. We don't actually go and too check to see to if it's true. Yeah. We don't want to do the work. It's too much work. We don't, yeah, we don't want to do the background check. We don't want to go back and actually check to see if that is actually true. So we just accept stuff like this. So when people say, well, the scriptures were, you didn't actually study it because when you study it, people who actually study it discover, oh, this is, oh, yeah, this, okay, maybe it is, maybe this did happen. If this is, if, if there is as much as, uh, there is writing on this, uh, if this is true or not, you would think there would be like a little bit, I got to test this. Like when I was going zip lining, we're almost 400 feet in the air. And if you guys don't Probably know me, about 50. Yeah, but right. But you felt like you were 400 feet. I told him, because he makes fun of me, that I'm scared of heights. And I oh, was like... I, you I you said, do I am. fear. Oh, I am. I'm terrified of heights, but I did it. Sounds and, like you need a deliverance. <laughs> yeah. I just don't enjoy that feeling. The thing is, I'll do it, but I don't enjoy it. It's not something that I'm like, ooh, goody. I get to go and be this high in the air. Like, no, I, I love the ground. I don't need to be... Like this is a tangent, but when I was when I got saved as a kid, I literally was going up to the front altar and I was asking I remember asking the kids pastor, Hey, I just need prayer. I love Jesus, but I'm scared to get raptured and, and fly up to heaven. Like that was genuinely a concern for me. So that that was so when I went and did the zip lining thing, you best believe, first of all, I'm skeptical of the people that are telling me it's safe. I'm making sure that there's people going before me before I go. I never want to be the first one. I'm I'm you I'm looking at the lines cuz they're these guys are just so quick in putting up the hooks and the rappels and all that stuff and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, okay." And I I would literally like shake them both to make sure that they were steady and then I would go. And you think like with all these people that they're just believing uh, a YouTube theologian, uh they're just listening to what they're they're being told. And then you ask him a question like, hey, where did you where did you get that? Where did that come from? And they're like, uh, like it's just slogan theology. You would think that wouldn't you want to test that? Because there's a lot riding on your belief and your faith in this if you are wrong, right? Yeah. You be a skeptic and you'll quickly find out that the validity that there is in scripture is it, this is true. That this is well, it's funny stuff. because I've listened to all kinds of things and I've there's I'm listening to people talk about culturally what it would have been in Israel at the time and how it would have been and and uh, and it fits what they're trying to discuss and talk about 
and and then and it but I've been there mm-hmm. and I'll ask about it, and there's it's nowhere to be found yeah but they created a narrative that they they wanted it to be yeah. and so you got to check you got to you got to check um yeah. there's nothing wrong with checking and saying I'm not fi- finding this where did you find it from mm-hmm. and and when somebody comes up to you and they do attack you and they come at you at your beliefs you got to say whoa, 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 wait a minute you're making the assumption like I have the text right here. Yeah. I I have the claim of this text and where it's at. Why would you disagree with it? Yeah. What 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 is telling you that claim is wrong? The claim has been made. Now you want me to support the claim. Tell me why you think the claim isn't right. Yeah. Where, where do, what are your facts that lead you to believe that? And when people come against that, what I tell people, because we're doing uh, with our group, we're doing evangelism over this summer. And so we're getting into like apologetics, like we're going through like scenarios and debates and just testing theology. Um, just like, so you're ready with an answer. Because a lot of people, you realize that they're not ready with an answer. And it's okay if you're not, but I would encourage you to dig into this, ask yourself questions, because our goal is ultimately to reach a culture that is so confused and deceived by plausible arguments, and we're not ready with an answer to show them Set the, the captive free. Exactly. But people, this is, this is as much as you need. Oh, we were talking about it. Um, like last night, because we're about to, we're about to go and do this, and they're like, "Well, what if I I just I'm just starting to read the Bible? What if I don't? I just feel like I don't know enough." And I said, "Bro, I said, you have been convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." So well, yeah, that's, that's just what you shared. You have been convinced. What what have what what led you to be convinced that Jesus Christ is Lord? Share that. The other questions that they have. Great question, dude. I have no idea. Like that, maybe I'll look into that. But this is why I am convinced, and everybody's like conviction looks different. Like that's why I love filming testimonies because the reason for belief in Jesus, it's sometimes the smallest things, and there's sometimes crazy stories that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, regardless of what it was, I believe in this. Like I am convinced that this is real, and I I put my faith in Him. So you don't have to have some like, you know, you don't have to be a, a super biblical nerd to be able to defend what you believe. One, you have been given the Holy Spirit. Two, you have been convinced yourself. Share. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's a big difference in religion and and this thing we call a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Religion has to convince people to believe their belief system. Yeah. When we... And a lot of people are trying, like, I got to know the Bible good enough because I got to answer all their questions Mm -hmm. so that they can believe my belief system. Yeah. This isn't about getting people to believe in your belief system because some of your belief system is wrong and you'll grow out of those as you grow closer to Christ. This is really about introducing them to Jesus. Exactly. It's about saying, you know, Jesus loves you. And and if there's an argument, you'll never argue someone into a relationship with Christ you you basically are a guide to help them find Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when they have questions, the one the Holy Spirit will give you the answers to the questions you need to answer. Mm-hmm. The questions that are just a rabbit trail and aren't leading them to Christ, you may never get those answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will get what you need to guide people exactly. to Christ. 
because that's his desire. Yeah. I mean, that's God's heart mm-hmm. is that they would find Christ. Yeah. So when you go out and do that, you're assuming one that Christ won't talk to you, that Christ but yet he's called us to do that. God yeah. has already promised that I will give you the answers to every question you need to answer. He the ones you don't answer, ordered. that's right. The ones you don't need to answer, just that's fine. And and it doesn't matter how much you argue with people. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has to give them the ability to comprehend it. Yeah. And without that, you can have that. So some arguments may work with one, but they don't exactly. work with others. So exactly. you have to be ready in season and out of season, which means you really have to be ready to just hear mm-hmm. from the Lord when you're with people. And he 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 leads you. He really does. Yeah. And it's there's so there is uh back to the scripture um with the validity of scripture this is also another like tidbit for you to recognize because it's used oftentimes to say well see this is why this is false but it actually um supports our claim that because we have the original manuscripts we can look and if there was ever something that contradicts what we believe in we can be like and throw that out because it doesn't it doesn't it goes against the apostles teachings from those that walked and talked with Jesus. So for example, right. did you know that the story of the woman that was caught in adultery and he went and wrote down in the sand that that wasn't even included in the original manuscripts? That's right. Now that's but does that does that Pastor James contradict the life and miracles well, the, of Jesus? The the whole part that was there, you know, other than the fact that people are like I'm going to ask him what he was writing in the sand when he did it. Yeah. You put it in there, you take it out, it really just speaks to the character of God exactly. that's already seen in the scripture. It, it doesn't, so so exactly. if it's not there, it wasn't there, but it's it's more of a, it it doesn't impact it either way, other yeah. than... Because the miracles weren't limited. Jesus did tons of miracles. Can you imagine, with only the few miracles that are in scripture, how much more he would have done in his life? And so... The thing is, what people get confused, one, it not only validates and, and you can put trust in that, listen, that, yeah, like that that wasn't included, but it one, it doesn't contradict. Two, we only know that because of the original manuscript that can look and see, oh, there's something different right. here. This It was added later. But the, 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 we don't have the originals. There is no the original manuscripts, which would have been written and penned by Mark. They're all translated from that. Like, they're not translated. They're all copied from that. The The thing is, when you read something, so like when we read, I think we forget how many people are in the church at mm-hmm. the time. Oh, when yeah. we read a scripture, a book, if there's a difference between, let's imagine that's how we did it. We just copied from yeah. one to the other, the other, the other. When you read and there's a variation in that, the scribe was copying it from the previous text, but he was doing it for a reason. It would then be given to somebody who would read it, yeah. right? And they would have already read it before. Out of all of the people reading that, do you not think one person... Yeah, because they're all alive right. during when all this is happening. Right, because it's not just one scroll that was being written. Yeah. It was multiple scrolls that were being copied of that chapter. Yeah. And so there would have been... Somebody said, well, that's different. That's different than how... Which one? Well, let's go back to the, where it was copied from. Let's yeah. go back. So there's there would have been safeguards in place that... 
that that they would have had in place that maybe we're not aware of, but there would have been a lot of witnesses reading this as well. It's not yeah. like you had one person writing yeah, it exactly. for uh, three hundred years or four hundred years. Yeah, so they would have they would have also seen it. Um, again, I I just in history. Yeah. The New Testament was written at a point in history where history was credible. Yeah. Back in that day where they denied King David existed, history was some somewhat sketchy. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so much debate over what happened in the biblical history of the ancient days is because it wasn't as prevalent. They, they questioned some of that. Um, it's even why Genesis has been questioned is because of that. I think the reason Jesus came during the Roman Empire was because that's when the world really began to globalize, was at that Jesus came as soon as he could, where history would be considered to be credible. And we Common know this. Yeah. United Empires, Roman roads. And and you, you could not argue the existence of Christ, and you can't argue what he said. It was recorded, not just by one person, by, do you know how many people would have to lie? Yeah. And then there weren't books that confronted what was written here. Yeah. There, there was ancient books saying Jesus never lived. Jesus yeah. never claimed to do that. There weren't people speaking against that that yeah. were witnesses of it. And the people that did speak against it, the interesting thing, they never negated his miracles or his existence, but they said his origin was, was from the devil. That's yeah. even his adversaries would never speak against that that he didn't do miracles because it was clear and stupid to argue against it. They said, "Oh, he got his power from demons, even his enemies." Which is the- and this is the thing. I think Alex, this is the thing I think where people are at. It's the difference between it's the cornerstone of yeah. everything. Jesus is the cornerstone. Yeah. It's not whether you believe the Bible is true or not. Yeah. It's not it's not whether you have a good moral life and you do good things. Yeah. Jesus is the cornerstone. Yeah. And if you just don't want to believe he's the son of God, that he was God, mm-hmm. became a human being, perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. He lived his life to reveal who he was, that he, he said, if you know the father, you'll know me, you'll see me. For all of those who know who I am and see me as the son of God and his son, perfect in every way. And if you believe that when I die on the cross... I'm going to purchase all of your guilt, shame, and condemnation. And then when I'm resurrected, I'm going to provide a way for you into eternal life. If you don't want to believe that, and you don't want to believe that's what Jesus came to do, then there is no eternal life for you. He said, I'm the only way to that. Mm -hmm. And so our belief is that you can only do that through Christ. Now, we can argue all day long, and you can debate how he isn't those things, but the cornerstone of faith in this, the cornerstone of it is we believe. We're fully persuaded that's who he is. And it's not by signs. It's not, this is what people think. If I get a sign, I just need a sign. The Bible talks about in John 2 where Jesus, on his part, many people believed in his name, but Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them. They believed in his name, it says, when they saw the miracles, yeah. that saving faith is not you recognizing a sign and believing in his name because of what he does. That 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 does not mean saving faith or in recognition that that people think that, oh, if I believe in Jesus right before I go to hell, if I just say, Jesus, like I see people say, like there's memes talking about Osama bin Laden and arguments against Christianity. If he just, right before the, the Navy SEALs came in, he just goes, uh, Jesus, I love you, or Jesus, you're God. 
then he'll he'll get away with the life that he lived in opposition. That it's not by word, but it's by heart where you truly recognize and see him for who he is. It's not the leaven of the Pharisees that leads you to be cynical where they demanded a sign. That this is not, but this well, is what this generation seeks. Yeah. Signs and wonders. And they think that's what'll lead well, them to belief. You know, when Jesus came in on on Palm Sunday, when Jesus was giving them what they wanted, he they gave them palms. Mm-hmm. But when he gave them what they needed, they gave them a crown of thorns. Yeah. The the yeah, it's 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 I know that's where we're at. And and it's but you know what? This is where it's always been. Oh yeah. It's it's the new thing. It's packaged a little different, but there's always been this this grift between um those who believe that he is who he says he is and those who won't. And yeah. the same spirits are battling as they have for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, if you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. But yeah. understand, the reason we're preaching it is because it's good news. I, I just, I'm just shocked that people don't want to believe that Christ came and died for them <laughs> and give say. them life into eternity. It's always amazing to me. It's like there's this, this, this compulsion to die. Or to 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 operate in it, I don't understand it. People, that's why I was like, I, I tell people to hop into my delusion. That just think, like, let's just stop arguing. Let's take a second, like, catch a breath, and let's just say I'm delusional. Hop into hop into the bu- the magical school bus. If this is real, what would that mean for you? There's there's a lot of visions and dreams that people talk about, man. What if we, you know, that's that's like a fun thing to do with your friends where you mm-hmm. sit around and you're just like, bro, can you imagine if we had mansions and we were just like, had pl- private jets and we could fly across the world and we did this. Or if, you know, you talk about a, another life where, and it's just fun to talk about, not that it's like, oh, I need him to be happy. It's just fun to talk about in the same way, dude, like, gee, why are you fighting so hard against something that's so good, but you'll go to the lottery uh, at, at the gas station all the time to hit a scratch off. <laughs> right. You hold more faith in that than recognize it. Dude, if this was, if this was true, if this was true, like just even wanting it to be true, like what would that mean? And, and then your mindset of wanting it to, to disprove it so bad, where does that come from? And what do you think that this is? Like, I think, and it's because the gospel, they see it as, this is chains, this is bondage, this is guilt, this is shame and condemnation, but they know nothing about freedom. That this this gospel re- literally is not just a stigma or a catchphrase that we have trademarked, but it is simply good news. Shout out N.T. Wright. Yeah, you know, uh, you're talking about what if we had all these mansions and cars and planes and doing all of that? Why would they want it? Mm-hmm. Because there's the belief in prisoner thinking that money has the ability to make me happy. Money has the ability to give me peace, and money has the ability to give me joy. And God says, you don't need to win the lottery to have peace and joy and love acceptance. You don't need to have win the lottery to have purpose because you can do all of those things. And I would argue when you do get money, what it robs you of is the thing that drives you the most, and that's purpose, mm-hmm. because you just don't do anything then. I'll just sit around and jet set and fly and have fun, and at the end of your life, you'll be like, what did my life actually mean? What was it for? What did I, what did I actually do? Is people's li- are people's lives better because I lived? Mm-hmm. Was my life better because I had all those things? And there mm-hmm. are people listening right now, so, oh, yeah, yeah, life. And, and 
the reality is they don't know anything else. Yeah. You don't know. It's it's amazing to people who want to argue against what Christ has done in me because they think I'm foolish. Okay, but I feel peace. Yeah. I have incredible joy. I got what you don't have. Yeah. Well, you're attacking me because I'm walking in what you're pursuing and not getting in what you think it is. Yeah. Why not? Not, not just noticed. Hey, I love this, this. Is interesting with with riches and stuff that you're talking about. Like this is what I've like found, and I, I like I just got this. Like it's not, and I think, and I I, I truly do believe there's someone that's going to be listening to this, and this is going to be a revelation that that they think that that what they aspire to, and the reason why they have settled and they're content with the idea of one day they'll be rich. They're never content and recognize the blessing they have now, but their hope. Their hope is what they cling to and where their joy comes from that maybe one day that I'll put up with all of this, that one day I will obtain those riches, but failing to realize that they're reaching those rungs and and each goal that they have set in their mind previously years ago, they obtain and then they, they didn't realize they made a shift and say, well, if it's the next thing, then everything will be solved. And they're quickly just going closer and closer until their arrival of de- death and realize that, th- again, they'll have the revelation on their deathbed when it's too late that that's not the meaning. That's what was this for? I was chasing my tail. I was chasing after the wind that this does not sustain. Yeah. It's funny because Paul makes the statement. He says, to live is Christ, mm-hmm. to die is gain. And we're talking in a devotional right now about Philippians. We're going through Philippians and... To live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then my joy is complete. Yeah. You know, if I'm, there's, what do you do to a person who says, if I go, if I die and go to heaven, I'm good. That's mm-hmm. my reward. I'm excited. Can't wait for that day when I get to go be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if it's not today, then I have the joy of taking the good news to everybody I know and and rescuing people. Yeah. What do you do that there's there's a purpose in that. They have purpose. Mm-hmm. And and I think we live in a dreamless. I think what what uh, is interesting is we really live in a dreamless uh culture yeah. today where when you ask people what's your dream, it's I just want to be a celebrity or mm-hmm. I I want to make quick money. I don't want to work. I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want to honor the scripture that says, go and toil the soil, yeah. um, which is we have a responsibility to toil the land. What what does a culture look like if nobody works, yeah. right? But we all want to make enough money that we don't have to work anymore. Mm-hmm. We want to play video games and we want to smoke marijuana. Yeah. And two things which literally sap the ambition of God's creation. Mm-hmm. And, and you ask even believers... Um, uh, what what would if you are dream life? What would it look like? Well, my dream life would be that I could play video games all day and smoke pot, and just it. That's not God's plan for a person's life. God created people with a dream, yeah. and and um, you know we've gotten a long way from the scriptures and where it's from. But but the reality is, if you're listening to this, Paul. Paul in Philippians really comes back to that to die is to live is for Christ to die is gain yeah. and the the scriptures that we have in the Bible throughout history um there were people that constantly said well it's not real it's not yeah. real it's not real but it's the oldest book in history yeah you got to stop and give props to the fact that even though it's been translated many times it's not translated from a previous 
Latin. No it was it was translated from Latin, but they now translate it from the original uh, text of Hebrew and, and Greek and Aramaic, and so it, it constantly is being translated translated from the same place in order for people to read it. Mm-hmm. But it's lasted for two thousand. Yeah. Like the the Old Testament scrolls have been around for thousands of years. Look at the life. This is what this is what you need to come to the conclusion. Was Jesus real? Is there evidence for his existence? That's a no-brainer. That shouldn't take you long to find out. But then, was Jesus who he said he was? Did he treat people right? Did he live a moral life? Did, and, and look at his life. I, I'm so sick of people looking at the church and looking at Christians, and that's the reason. No, stop. Go to the source. Look at the look at the the one who started this movie, the original one, and put and decide whether or not. He is he is someone that you would put your faith in and put your trust in after you have reviewed the evidence. And as you seek him, you will find him. You turn to God. The Bible says that you will be healed. Turn to him. Look to him. He is the reward that you have been chasing, but you have failed to recognize. You're chasing your tail because you have an eternity-sized hole in your heart that the gap that only fills it is the Holy Spirit, and you've been seeking and wasting your life. It's time to recognize that Jesus, look at this, I'm going to nicely package this. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the author of life, and he is your purpose. To know yourself, to know your purpose is to know your God. God is the reward. Seek after him. You've been put on this planet literally to seek him, not to chase your own selfish ambition. And and I think I would follow up with that. As people pursue him, mm-hmm. if they genuinely pursue him, I'm thinking of someone I know that said, I don't know if he's real or not, but yeah. I'm going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that pursuit, he ends up believing. Mm-hmm. Him, now his wife believes, and now his kids believe. Yeah. Because he was, he's like, I'm not going to say he doesn't, and I'm not going to say he is. But if he does exist, it's worth my energy to find out if he's there yeah. and if what you're saying is true. And and that's what he did. And now um, not only is he a believer, but he's found himself now worshiping with other believers. Mm. He now is sharing what he's discovered in his pursuit from not only what he an argument, but from an experience. And he's like, I have joy. He goes, I was depressed. He goes, now I have joy. He he goes, I was very anxious, but now I go to bed at night with peace. I'm not worried. I I don't worry about dying. I don't worry about losing my job. I don't worry about my finance. I'm not worried about my wife cheating on me. He goes, I don't have the fear. He says, I was so anxious and now I have peace. And, and uh, if you tried to argue against it now, he would say, I don't believe you. I, I've experienced it. I know this to be true because of what uh, I've experienced in my life.